Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Giving Starts With You. Today, I am so excited to have Julie Vaca on the show. Julie is one of my friends, and she inspires me all the time. Um, thank you for being here, Julie. Um, Julie is a counselor, an energy worker. She's an art therapist. Um, who really does help individuals. She invites them to look within themselves, to empower them, and to really help them feel that they have the answers they need within themselves. And she helps bring out those answers for them and try to offer them different possibilities and see themselves in a different light. So welcome, Julie. Welcome, thank you. That's a great intro, I love myself. <laughs> thank you. I'd like to be my friend. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, you are incredible, you know. <laughs> so, Julie, maybe we can just start off with um, perhaps you could give us a little bit of background of how you chose um, chose to be an art therapist and chose to be a counselor and what got you there. And yeah, we'll start with that. Perfect. Yeah, sure. So where do I start? So as a kid, as most of us, well, not most of us, as most people in the helping field, um, I had, you know, my own struggles and, you know, life traumas, as most people that do, do work in this field kind of go into this field wanting to help others. Um, so I, I was a really, really angry kid growing up. I did not feel like I fit in anywhere. I was very angry at my parents, very angry at the world. Um, I stuffed my emotions. My art was one of the things that really helped me get through a lot of stuff. It, it helped me just express my inner world, right? Um, whatever was going on at that time. So I used art as a way of just expressing myself because I kept a lot of things in um, and so I always wanted to be a counselor I as a kid I wanted to be a school counselor because I saw lots of school counselors I didn't realize at the time like I used to get called into a counselor's office all the time and I thought that was normal I thought everyone got called to the counselor's office <laughs> But apparently when you miss a lot of school, they start flagging you as maybe there's a problem. So I was always in the counselor's office. And I hear you. <laughs> so, okay, cool. Um, I kind of, I guess I've always 
wanted to help others be, like again because I felt like I wasn't getting the help I needed so I worked on a like I remember I was looking back I worked on a, a crisis line in grade nine we had like a peer crisis line that I used to work on which or volunteer on I guess which is crazy to me that I was allowed to answer phones and help people that way but I did. Um, and so, yeah, so I went to school, I took our um, psychology, because I want to be a counselor. Um, and I ended up working in, uh, like a mental health resident, residential home, I worked in a sexual assault center, you know, counseling people there. And I kind of I'd always wanted, because I knew the power of art, and how um, how much it helped me growing up. I always wanted to study that art, um, study art therapy. I had heard about it and didn't really know much about it, but had heard it was a combination of art and therapy. So using art as a way of, um, working through things. And I thought, wow, like that is totally something I would do. I, I love psychology and I love art, so why not mix the two? I didn't realize there was something that even existed like that. So um, I went back to school to take art therapy when I was 30, and it was amazing. It just changed changed my life, really helped me get, like, get down, look at all the things that were still kind of bothering me or the stuff I hadn't worked out yet yeah just hard for me to put words around because it changed me so much really deepened my spirituality um my sort of connection with my inner self all of that stuff so i studied that and then after that went and worked in the addiction field and as a counselor and was able to do art therapy with clients um at a treatment center there in lloydminster when i lived in lloyd and it was just fantastic, like the stuff that would come out of people, because art sort of bypasses our language, right? It, it, you, there's no words. There's that saying, um, a picture has a thousand words, right? So looking at something has so many things that can you can say about it or go with it or whatever all encompassed in one image or one piece of art right and so and and each person you know what colors mean to me is going to mean something different to somebody else and you know what images certain images mean to me are going to mean something different to someone else you know so some someone who let's say experienced some sort of trauma with a rabbit um, when they were very young they might let's say draw pictures of rabbits and you know as a lay person you might be like oh that's a cute rabbit you know and not think anything of it and to them it's like a huge trauma experience that they're like expressing in just a simple quote simple image right um so it's not for me I I when I do art therapy with people it's not for me to say you know whether this is a good piece whether it's a bad piece like I don't assign meaning to it the the mm -hmm. whole thing is about relationship and 
having a conversation with the person, with the art to kind of create or suss out what that meaning is for the person, right? I find all the expressive arts, so like there's music therapy, there's dance therapy, there's like drama therapy, all of those self-expressions, those expressive arts are very like naturally intrinsically healing for us you know um, music so powerful right in expressing what's going on inside um, you know and and art I've just I, because I guess I have a, I was gifted with the the ability to make art it was just one of the ways I'm able to express that I always tell people you do not need to be good at making art to to do art therapy. You like I almost think people that are good at art kind of it's worse for them because they get in their heads more. Um, you know, cuz there are people that are not good at talking but they talk, right? And so it's just it's just a way of expressing yourself and it's I I can't say enough good things about it I love it (laughs) yeah for me I find that music is more my um my place to go but it's very much like art um for music Mm -hmm. it's just it's non-intrusive for me it's it's forgiving Mm -hmm. and things are happening to me when I'm in in the zone with music that I don't even realize so it doesn't feel like unnatural to me so I guess with art it's the Mm -hmm. same thing it just brings out you don't feel judged when you're doing it just brings things out that you don't even realize that you that you have in there right exactly exactly i mm-hmm. i always whenever i start a session out i always say okay so there's no good bad or there's no good art and there's no bad art there's just art just like music we all have preferences of what we like and what we don't like it doesn't make it good or bad right and art is exactly the same way we have preferences of what we like and what we don't like but there's no good or bad art there's no right or wrong way to make art whatever gets created or expressed is what needs to be expressed you know um when i was younger i i know most of my art was (laughs) like very dark I did lots of black and white images very dark images and it very clearly expressed my anger and frustration I was experiencing at the time and with that I did a lot of art that was relationship focused and um kind of you know about couples and trying to make connection right and it was really from that spot of wanting to be loved and um feel like I belonged somewhere and so it's just you know look again looking back that's the one thing I really love about art too is you can look back at your pieces and see wow like this is where I was at during this time and and then look at it with fresh eyes now it's like a physical representation of what was going on at this time whereas like our memories are not always very reliable (laughs) I know my memory is not reliable um so having like images to kind of they're almost like little uh time capsules of what what was going on at those times you know little photographs of my inner world so yeah no for sure um when it comes to your um counseling and you trying to um invite people in to see the best parts of themselves and and just to see um options how do you find 
or what do you find is the best way to get that out of someone when they're struggling or when mm-hmm. they're, they really don't want to uh, look within themselves? Right, right. Uh, asking mm-hmm. questions. <laughs> asking questions. I think that is the best mm-hmm. way to get people to see things from a different point of view. When I was younger, I'd say I, because I was always searching for answers myself, that's what I gave people, you know, always having to have the right answer, whatever. Um, And that when you give people answers, when you give them the answers, they, I mean, you know, when you're told what to do, okay, cool, that's fine. Sometimes that's helpful. Some people do need that, right? But when you ask questions, you invite them to see things from a different possibility or a different point of view, you know, see things from a way that they might not have seen in the past, right? It's like, well, what else is possible here? You know, wh- is that true? I, that's something I ask people all the time when, when I hear them talking about something. And because lots of times during counseling, people are talking about their beliefs or what's going on for them. And they tell their story, whatever that story is. And, you know, my job, I kind of ask questions. Well, is that true? Right? Like, is that actually true? You know, let's let's look at the facts, you know, because facts are one thing. What we tell ourselves something else often right we take information and we make it mean something but what if that meaning could be different what if you could attribute something else to that to that story you know yes and get a different Um, perspective too exactly yes exactly exactly because just because again it goes to like just because something is true for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's true for someone else and so you know, I can put my point of view out there. And sometimes I'll do that. I'll put my perspective out there just so they could see, well, here's an, you know, another way of looking at things. Right. Um, But I also try not to give a lot of answers or I try not to give a lot of um, points of view, I guess. I, I try not to give too many ideas because I want them to come up with it themselves. Some people will have a really hard time coming up with alternative stories, I guess, or alternative ways of looking at things. So I will like offer possibilities that way. Um, I find that sometimes we don't know until we know. Like somebody might exactly. ask me something and I'm like, well, I don't really have th- anything to say. But then as I start to peel off all the layers and I start to just jabber on and, you know, things will come out, right? and things you don't expect. So I think it's great yeah. that um, you kind of let them figure out what it is that they need to say so that it's not, um, yeah, like you said, so that you're not really uh, changing what they're going to say, right? So. Well, and it's like anything too, you know, if you are given something, that's great. But when you work for it or earn it, it, it holds more value for you right so if I'm asking you to come up with what is this for you or what what does this mean to you or what you know if I'm asking you to come up with 
the ideas, then you are going to own that. You know, what can you do different here? What do you think you change this? You know, then they come up with it and they're, it's, they're going to get more value, more um, increased self-worth because they came up with it. They didn't, you know, just follow what I told them to do. Right. Because that'll just make someone upset too. Like I know if somebody came up to me and said, well, I think this is what you're trying to say. And I think that this is what you're feeling. I'd be like, I don't think I want to be here anymore. You know, just kind of shut down. (laughs) Right. So I think that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I always tell people, don't tell me what to do. Like I get (laughs) really mad. Don't tell me what to do. Cause honestly, I know what I need to do. And most people know what they need to do. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not telling them anything new. We don't, I'm not telling anyone anything new. They know what they need to do. It's finding out, okay, so what's stopping you? What, what do you need to have in place to, to get you to where you want to go, what you want to do, what you want to change, right? Asking questions. And they're feeling safe with you, right? They're trusting you. That's, that that's huge because many times they don't have somebody to talk to. So just being in that room with that one person or wherever that you meet, just creating that safe space, I guess sometimes is all they need to be able to open up. Yes. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope I create a safe space. I know I've had some feedback from people sometimes that I don't feel safe. I'm like, and, and because, and I get it because when people are asking us or inviting us to do something different or think something differently, it can be freaking scary, right? Like, I'm so used to my life this way. I remember years ago, years ago, I used to struggle with anxiety really, really bad. And like, it would paralyze me sometimes. And um, I had a friend, we were at, we were visiting another friend. And um, I was very like, you said we would leave at noon and we haven't left at noon. And now like my whole day is shot. And oh my God, what am I going to do? And now everything like, (laughs) you know, just control freak. That's anxiety for you. And I remember her asking, you know, who would you be if you didn't have your anxiety? Oh, wow. That's powerful. Right. And I remember being like, I would have to be happy. And that thought caused so much anxiety in me. I was like, oh my God. And I, and I recognized it caused that much anxiety in me. And I thought, well, what the heck? Okay, that's not a normal response. Like, who doesn't want to be happy? Apparently, I didn't because that caused anxiety. Like, that's crazy to me, right? What but a powerful question that she asked you. Right, I know. And it's, and it changed everything for me. It, it like, okay, well, you know what? I, that's true. I need to look at this because why wouldn't I want to be happy? Why, why, what is the benefit of holding on to this anxiety? You know, it just opened up all these other spaces for me to ask more questions of myself. Mm. You know, it sounds that really resonates with me because for years, um, I was fine being depressed. I was comfortable there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't feel I needed to change and I was comfortable where I was and I felt that it was normal and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to think of the moment for me that kind of said, well, no, life isn't really supposed to be like this, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, yeah. I suffer from a lot of anxiety. And 
it's a little bit more tamed now, but I totally get that. But, you know, it's, it's scary to go outside of what you know, what you're comfortable with. But so what you're yep. saying to me, it really, I do understand it completely. Yeah, it's, it, it, when I started looking at it, really, it changed everything for me. And that was, oof, that was before I went to school for art therapy. That's, that's what kind of got me because, you know, when I did go to school for art therapy, I was living in Lloyd Minster in Alberta at the time. And the idea of moving, picking up my life, moving somewhere else to go to school at 30, like I remember thinking 30 is old. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, having to pick up, move all this stuff. But once I made that decision, because I started looking into it, and once I made that decision, everything kind of just fell into place. And I'm like, obviously, this is what I'm meant to do. Um, I had been looking at schools in Canada, there was, I think there was six at the time. Um, there was one in Toronto that had closed, and they just decided they reopened. And I thought, because at first I was looking at it, I thought, well, that would be a good one to do, because I'd be close to family. Mm -hmm. um, I could I, you know, I could maybe even live with them. I don't know. There's options. <laughs> and yes, and not like brand new, totally different city, somewhere in BC, whatever. I was, that caused more anxiety. And so I, it was closed, but then it reopened. And I thought, oh, okay, well, this might actually work. And then I remember the tuition was $15,000 for this thing. And exactly that's what my my Nona had left me um when she had died she left me exactly fifteen thousand dollars and I'm like what the wow. heck okay <laughs> spirits are and speaking so I'm like, to you <laughs> I guess right exactly so then I I took the leap of faith right and kind of moved to Ontario went and lived with family for the, the almost two years um and and got all these new awarenesses and new things and new changes right and and really got out of my comfort zone and really kind of pushed into that anxiety and and leaned into the fear and really lived like started living right because that's what living is is mm feeling that stuff, feeling the feelings and doing it anyways, and just making choices. So this is what I'm going to do now. Okay. And then going. Wow, so we have so many, yeah. so many similarities. I know for me, I was being taught, um, cause I would, I would avoid things that would create anxiety and fear and avoiding mm -hmm. them just put me into a vicious circle and made me, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> made me more afraid of doing it rather than Yep. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. That's how anxiety works. It's awesome, isn't it? Thanks for the feedback loop. Circle, 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 circle. Right. And the only way to get out of that is by jumping tracks, is by getting off that, you know, train ride circle and just choosing something totally different, which is so scary and so empowering. Right. And I've I started looking at, okay, so. I, I always ask myself now, when I do feel anxiety, I ask myself, um, is this fear or is this excitement? Because they feel so similar in our bodies. Um, you know, like if you think about, you know, you with your podcast, right? It's like, 
oh, I'm anxious. Are you anxious? Are you just freaking super excited to be doing this thing and putting it out into the universe? And like, you know, all of the stuff that comes with it, right? It's just, ah, I just love, I don't know. I I get excited about this kind of stuff. Um, I thought it would be a good time to mention with your artwork that um, you were the girl behind the photo on my cover art for my podcast now that we're talking about the podcast. So Uh, it's beautiful. You totally captured um, the picture of the girl and the freedom and just that girl supposed it represents me and how I feel Mm -hmm. more free than I did before. And I think you did a fantastic job on that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Obviously, thank you for asking talented. me. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I just had a, a question for you. Just curious about something. Mm-hmm. Um, when mm-hmm. you're assisting and inviting your clients, um, do you have you had a moment where you could clearly see there was a transformation um, with that person? And how did that how do you think that made them feel as a, as a counselor and as a, somebody who was guiding them, how did that make you feel when, when the breakthrough happened? Mm. Yeah, I, those are my favorite moments. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, one story I always go back to, cause it just, it makes me, it, it was just so powerful, I guess. Um, I was working at the, a treatment center and um, I was doing art therapy with clients and I had been getting people to draw what powerlessness looked like oh, to wow. them and so so they were this person had drawn um, sort of a stick figure of what was representing themselves going up this hill and they said, and they described it. So there's a hill, there was a stick figure kind of like going up. Um, at several points, you'd see the stick figure going, you know, three of them, one, the bottom, middle, top. And then um, he was describing it to me and he was like, yeah, you know, I was drinking, my addiction was, you know, I, I didn't really have an addiction, I was getting everything I wanted, I was on top of the world, I was happy, everything was great. And then my addiction hit and everything fell to crap. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's interesting. So and and he very clearly drew this hill with this person going up the hill and this person at the top. And then like he drew himself like rolling down the hill. And I said, oh, okay, that's really interesting. So you're telling me right here, and I was pointing to the top stick figure. I said, right here, you were happy. He's like, yep, happy. I said, okay, so you were happy, top of the world. Yep, everything was good. Life was great. I said, okay. So can you describe, tell me, does this person look happy to you? And he looked at it. and on the stick figure he had drawn a person with a sad face like very clearly like two dots and then like the sad frown Mm. (laughs) and I he's like oh I said yeah does that look happy to you he's like oh no no but I didn't mean to do that and I said no you didn't but there it is and he's like huh oh okay yeah and I was like it it's just interesting to me that you 
would describe this as you were feeling great and on top of the world, you had everything. And yet your art, Mm. you drew yourself as sad and, and very clearly not happy. (laughs) Right. And it's very interesting. And it was, it's sort of, to me, again, it it just speaks to how much of our unconscious um, shows up in the art and, um, and what we say, right. It, is different than how we feel sometimes um our stories that we tell ourselves will show up differently and i remember for him you know it he didn't say much after that but very his the energy of him changed right it was very much like oh wow Mm. like what what was i was i actually happy i maybe i wasn't right and it just, it changed things for him. I could tell, you know, and, you know, going forward the rest of his program, um, at, in treatment, he was, you know, more willing to look at things and kind of be more honest with himself. Right. Um, that's very telling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I find I'm not a counselor by any means. I haven't had any training in that regard, but from, from experience and what I what I research and what I listen to and other people have told me, um, the the addiction is not the problem. Something caused it. So in that moment, it almost sounds like it was the first time that he actually realized where the addiction had started. Perhaps like he he thought mm-hmm. that he was happy, and then all of a sudden there was an addiction issue. But in fact. Mm-hmm subconsciously he drew the sad face and he may yeah. not ever have seen that if you hadn't simply pointed it out to him right like i think things yeah. like that yeah. are just astonishing like i really sometimes that's all you need to move forward yep yeah exactly and and it was more powerful because it was him like he drew that i didn't make him draw that right, right? like i didn't force him to like you were sad when you were here. No, no, that's all you, right? And when I when I do do art therapy, because um, I do talk therapy, I do whatever, whatever works for the person. But when I do art therapy, that that kind of stuff, when it appears like that, is so exciting for me, right? Um, and it's it's a perfect example of you not having to do good artwork. Exactly, right? exactly. Stick men. Exactly. <laughs> Sad face, happy Because I'm just thinking. Good job. Yeah, like to think that you're happy, but draw something unhappy, it must be in your subconscious somewhere. Like, right? yeah, that's, that's interesting. Well, and another one, I, this one always cracks me up because, so my brother, when he was little, he had school assignments um, and uh, to draw a family picture. So he <laughs> drew this family picture. And Bonnie, my stepmom, she would send me these pictures. So she's like, oh, here's this family picture. And apparently, so he'd draw, you know, mom, dad, Julie, Christian, and the cat. And I, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, Christian, where's Michelle? That's my sister, our sister. He's like, oh, I ran out of room. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. And so then, okay, fast forward the next year draws another family picture oh who's in this one mom dad christian julie 
and my boyfriend at the time and the cat. Oh, <laughs> Christian, where's, where's Michelle? Oh, I ran out of room. Oh, again, right? And I, it, it's funny and so telling, yes. right? Because my brother and I, we're very, we have a very close relationship. Um, oh, I love that little guy. My sister wasn't there when, like, I, when I lived, when I went to school for art therapy, I lived with my dad and my brother and Bonnie um, for that time when he was just little. And obviously, I made an impact on him. Um, and so, but my sister, she was in Alberta. And so he thought, she lived at the airport <laughs> she was never you know because she'd we'd go pick her up at the airport right. and we'd drop her off at the airport um but he they didn't have that same relationship and so you know when he did these family pictures the family did not include Michelle and it was like wow wow and I remember talking to my sister and being like Michelle you need to create some relationship with our brother like you are not in the picture literally <laughs> you're not in the picture literally <laughs> yes you know literally you know and so it's just like how crazy that stuff you know symbolically image right like the pictures stay so even much. at that age and he was so young to yes to, and he yes, probably didn't exactly. even think anything of it it was just simple no, innocent no. totally totally but like images are natural way of you know communicating and expressing things especially for kids like play is their natural way of of expressing their inner worlds art same thing right so it's so it was very telling and two years in a row very telling you know so it, yeah I that was another thing yeah I have an example too of my son so um we have a great relationship but there are some turbulent years there and he is now 13 and in that teenager year but when he turned, mm -hmm. I don't know if it was between eight and nine or so, he wanted to get a little bit more independence. He drew a family photo and I was about 10 times larger than he and his dad. And mm -hmm. I thought maybe, you know, I'm the heavier one in the family. So I thought maybe he was just drawing that, you know, to be funny or drawing that because he <laughs> saw me as bigger. And when I asked him about it, he said that, I'm louder than everybody else and that mm -hmm. I'm starting to yell more and that he saw me more as a parent than as a friend. So that was like, wow, mm -hmm. I looked at that picture and I definitely toned down a little bit after that. But that was <laughs> incredible. And I still have it. It's on a canvas and I am huge in it, like just absolutely mm -hmm. like monstrous. So mm -hmm. yeah, kids can be really good at those things for sure yep yeah it's it speaks a lot right and and even you know looking at the picture like how much space do you take up yes right right and it's it's all those like metaphor everything all of the things that get spoken and unspoken weaved into the imagery it's just amazing i that i love it i love it do you find that what you do for others also helps you at the end of the day like continue um to heal yourself as well yes depend uh, 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 every day is different right. right but yeah there's um 
I know there's been times where I've I'll make art with people. I haven't done it for a while, but I've, I'll make. I remember again at the treatment center, I'd make art with the clients at the same time, and I'd invite them to you know ask me some questions because I'm all about growth. I you know if I can learn something new about me, yes, give it. Like I love it. So. Um, you know, having them ask me questions and point out things that they notice in my art, I'm always like, oh, good cut, like good catch. Because sometimes we, very often, it's hard for us to see ourselves or hard for us to see what, you know, things that we do or be that, you know. It's tough. It's tough to be vulnerable. Yeah. 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 So, I know with the art, I'll invite people to look and tell me what they notice. Same with when I'm with clients, you know, sometimes their feedback of me can be very um, powerful, you know, because I don't always, again, I don't always see myself the same way. Um, I was on a phone call today with someone and she was just speaking quite a bit to she described as my kindness and my um, generosity and all of these things. And will I take that? Yeah. Yeah. But can you hear it? It's like, (laughs) yeah, I thank you. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear that that's how other people see me. Right. Um, Because, and I know I am those things and I know I'm also a whole bunch of other things right and it's so much easier for me and people I think in general to focus on our negatives as instead of our positives right and so to have that kind of positive feedback um is not always comfortable for me yeah why do we do that to ourselves like right yeah I know it's (laughs) if we were to treat ourselves with half of the kindness and understanding and non-judgment that we do with other people, we, I think we'd be so much happier. I agree. I totally agree. Well, and I actually read something a little while ago about how we, our brains are primed for that negative response. Like we, we seek out, or not seek out, but our brains sort of react super potently I guess or we focus on the negative stuff um as a caveman where the development primal primal thank you thank you um thank you for reading my mind for the it's like yeah the primal thing our brains are sort of primed that way to keep us safe because if you focus on the negative then you can adjust yourself and make yourself better more survivable right as opposed to when you're happy and everything's good you're not worried about the things in your you know attacking you or defending right and so I yeah it was a really interesting article I wish I remembered what it was (laughs) and how yeah that's the first time I've ever heard that perspective that's pretty cool actually yeah right so it's like it's not actually a negative thing it just it's just not helpful for us these days right it was it was helpful back in the caveman days when our brains you know needed to focus on you know uh being safe and secure and survive right i need to remember these terrible things that happened to me so they don't happen again right and and the belief but now you know like the belief 
that we have usually just craps us out and limits us and then ends up making us crazy <laughs> so we don't can't have friends or something because we think everyone wants to hurt us all the time right it's not true <laughs> which is like what anxiety does for us too right it kind of protects exactly. us till it becomes out of control exactly exactly wow, you've really taught me a lot today on this uh in our on our call thank you i see some things that i have never seen before so new oh. perspectives i appreciate that um if it's okay with you um is there maybe I can put a link on the show notes that people can maybe have a look at your artwork or, or connect with you. Sure. I, they could go to, I only have my Facebook page and my uh, business, um, but it's heart therapy. Um, yeah. You can probably look it up under my name, Julie Vaca or heart therapy. Um, yeah, I have, art I have whatever um not a lot of things inspirational awesome. quotes uh <laughs> memes you know whatever I That's yeah fantastic so well Julie I'm so happy that we got a chance to really dig deep today and and talk a bit about all these topics I'd love to have you back and talk maybe more in depth one day about certain things that we we just you know slightly touched upon today yeah, yes, that would thank be awesome. You. I think our listeners would really uh, love to hear a little bit more about how we deal with our anxiety and how, you know, we can help ourselves. And we're just so judgmental and so hard on ourselves. And where does it leave us really? Like, I feel like we're taught to not think so much of ourselves because it's conceited. And it's really, exactly. I think, you know, a topic for a new day because there's so much to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Totally. So I wanted to thank you again so much. I really enjoyed our conversation today. I hope you had some fun and I'm glad you came on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I, I'm honored actually. Thank you. Oh, that's great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.